is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves tonight on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And I'm Henry. That's right. And we are not in the studio in New Hampshire. We are Good. We are in a studio, and that studio is in Florida. So, um, yeah. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. The number is the same, 603-283-6160. And, you know, the, everything's the same on the show except from where, whence we broadcast. And Henry. That's right. <laughs> well, you've been on the show before. I have. Right. So what do you think, uh, what's the best sort of one-liner as to why you're here? Well, I'm here because I'm not a libertarian, <laughs> so I've already passed my first one line. But I want to try and bring together Republicans and Democrats and libertarians with the thing we all share as Americans, which is narcissism. <laughs> okay, good. Excellent. I appreciate that. So um, you and I uh, go way back, as a matter of yes. fact. Uh, you, know, when you, you were the boss of my first job. When Actually, I was Susan was the boss of your first job, and That's I true. was a co-owner of the store. Your, your ex-wife was. Uh, well, it's is a. That it's we're a, going a by? Well, uh, we we have bought a since our divorce. We've bought a house and we live together again. We started out. This is probably your first more wife. than. The, yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a very. Here's a, this is easier to do as a one-liner than why I'm here. But we started out at both at age 20, lived together for nine years, got married. Then had two kids, then got divorced in 2015, and then took like about a five-year vacation from each other. Four, four, and then we decided to buy a house together and live together again. Congra but, congratulations! But we well, <laughs> I I don't think we got back t together because we're not back to whatever it was before. We went forward to something else. Excellent. Well, I hope whatever that is is uh, bliss, nonetheless. Well, that's that's asking a lot. <laughs> An improvement would be uh, a much more humble goal, and I think it's achievable. Okay, good. <laughs> An improvement. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, speaking of bliss, we are going to be uh, descending into talk radio bliss by talking about the one topic that generally doesn't get talked about on Free Talk Live, abortion. Oh. We generally don't talk. Is, is that something that people are talking about these days? What, us not talking about it? No, no, people in general talking about abortion? I think they are. Yeah. Um, as I understand it, uh, Democrats specifically are you know, reacting pretty poorly to mm. the Supreme Court uh, mm. shooting down Roe v. Wade. Um, Early abortion, retroactive abortion, what, what kind of... Well, um, Republicans certainly will point out regularly the whole um, late-term abortion. So they want to talk about that. It hardly ever happens. It, it hardly ever happens. I would agree that um, if you're going to outlaw some kind of abortion, that's probably the one to go for, though. And some states won't even do that. Well, it's, it's already creating problems because late-term abortions more often are because there is a medical problem uh, for the mother – or for the think. child, and something has to be done about that. In fact, they've had situations re just recently with since the Supreme Court decision where doctors are afraid and they're trying to get clearance from their supervisor and all before they perform a an abortion. And, and, and really there was just, just today, 
funny, funny coincidence, I was reading that someone was carrying around their mis their miscarried baby, or rather, their their that's the wrong term, miscarried, because that they'd already sort of um, the baby the, had the passed. baby had passed, and yeah. she was still waiting to get it out of her. How awful! She called herself a walking coffin. Mm, it's really really bad. Um, you know, I, again, these this is a topic that, uh, that that tends to elicit a lot of emotions for a lot of people. Uh, my, as I like to say, my opinion is so distasteful that nobody wants to hear it. But I, he shared it with me before the show. Indeed, I did. Man, Was it you, distasteful? You, I, I wouldn't use that, but you don't want to hear it. <laughs> so go ahead, tell me um, what's going on here. Well, the. Supreme Court decision, which I guess where we start with, is right. uh, has overturned Roe v. Wade. It's which put the it's now lo- no longer what one would call a national right. It is now a state defined right. I wouldn't even put it that way. I mean, if okay. we're going to be accurate, and I know that Free Talk Live always wants to be accurate. I in want the information. my very best. Yeah. Yes. So the the Roe v. Wade decision talked about the unenumerated rights that are inherent in some of the amendments to the Constitution of 13th, 14th, 15th. I forget which amendment it is. I didn't know I was going to be asked that question. But in the the ones that go all the way back to the Civil War, there is a right of privacy. At least that's what was determined in Griswold versus Connecticut, which is actually a more important decision than Roe v. Wade. But it was ex- pursued and extended in Roe v. Wade. Griswold versus Connecticut is actually a more important decision if you want to just touch on it. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Griswold versus Connecticut was a decision from the 1960s, and people may find this hard to believe, but in the 60s, Connecticut was a very conservative state on the social issue of contraception. It was a large Catholic population, and there was a law that the family doctor, or any doctor, could not discuss with a married couple contraception. Not prescribed contraception, not just discuss it. Yes. Okay. And that was a state law. That was a state's rights uh, authority for a law. Okay. And if that was overturned because they, the decision in that was that there was a right of privacy and the state didn't have any business telling a married couple what they could discuss with their doctor. Okay. And that is what uh, the in the decision in the the. The minority decision of the decision that was in uh, turning over Roe v. Wade uh, was discussed that, they, that that justice wanted to revisit that as well as gay marriage. So I'm not sure how you, one would get a right from uh, privacy out of the 13th and 14th Amendments, which rose out of the Civil War. Um, what I can can say is is that during the Revolutionary War, um, you know, the, so shortly thereafter, we get the Bill of Rights, and the Bill of Rights. Um, was created specifically for the federal government, not for the state government. So, for instance, uh, the right to the First Amendment talks about a right to freedom of religion. The um, in that uh, amendment, none of the states had to apply by it, um, had to had to abide by it. So, Maryland, for instance, was a Catholic state, and you know, signing the Declaration of excuse me, signing on with the uh, Constitution didn't mean that Maryland ceased to be a Catholic state. Same with Massachusetts being a Puritan state. Both of them kept their own abilities to determine, you know, anything as far as religion goes inside of their state. And I don't know how you would get a right of privacy out of the 13th and 14th Amendments, but okay, let's go ahead. Well, they 
they did their they pretzel just, logic and they got there. Yeah, they get there. And you, there's a lot of things you get there uh, because, you, you, by the way, Clarence Thomas was the the justice that suggested we need to revisit the Griswold, Connecticut decision on contraception and uh, same-sex marriage is a different decision. Yes, I know that he uh, he did talk about that same-sex marriage one. I really feel like that uh, that ship has sailed. But then again, I felt like the abortion ship had sailed, too. So there you are. Well, well you can't buy oral contra- contraceptives, and that ship will well, sail be- and become a Disney cruise. Right. I can't imagine that America is ready for the idea that you cannot by oral contraceptives in a given state? Well, there's different types of oral contraceptives. There's some that can actually prevent the, um, the implementation of the... This is the so-called morning-after pill. No, I, what, I, what I'm trying to say is one version uh, keeps the fertilized egg from attaching to the, uh, the wall of the uterus. Yep. And then, but there is another one that keeps the sperm from fertilizing the egg. Okay. But it's, so it would be the, the first one that I said, the former... That would be with some of these laws that uh, the the states have put forward that life begins at conception, then that fertilized egg has to be protected and allowed to uh, embed itself in the womb. Um, I wonder, you know, from a legal standpoint, I, the preventing the embedation of a an egg wouldn't be considered an abortion. I'm curious about all of this. I don't know. Um, I know you've got some thoughts on it. The number is 603-283-6160. It's 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. Talk Live, the number, 603-283-6160. It's 603-283-6160. It's Mark with you. And Henry. You can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind, because that's what we do here on Free Talk Live. Right now, we're talking about sort of the Roe v. Wade decision and, uh, you know, the, the laws that are coming down around... I guess in many cases they've already they were already in place in the hopes that Roe v. Wade would some way somehow disappear, and it did. Well, it's been overturned. Yeah. And I, it hasn't disappeared in people's mind, but really, I, I think it speaks to the bigger picture that's coming up with the, the midterm elections. I got into a, a big argument with a friend of mine who sees everything from his point of view and can't like moi. <laughs> see things from a broader point of view. Right, right. And, and I was specific- my, my narrow-minded friend. <laughs> I was specifically uh, saying to him that this could swing the state of Georgia from Governor Kemp to Stacey Abram. And I, and said, I don't know which one, whether those are Republicans or Democrats. You okay. Me well, uh, Kemp is the Republican. Abram is the Democrat that okay. ran against him in the previous election and lost by less than 2%. And right. I, my point was, that you could uh, move uh, enough voters to to cover that less than two percent margin, and he went into all the arguments and stuff like that. I said, "This isn't an argument about whether there's pro-abortion. It's just the argument is just whether does this issue move one and a half percent of the voters in Georgia?" And, right, and that's the uh, that's what it comes down to. And I think that um, both parties have been guilty historically of this same problem, which is is that. You know, they they want to appeal to their base to the point that they 
um, marginalize those in the middle. And the reality is, is that 40 percent of America would vote for a Republican, even if that Republican was Hitler. And 40 percent of America would vote for Stalin, even if, um, you know, if, if Stalin happened to be a Democrat. And that it's that 20 percent in the middle. What are you talking about, early Stalin or late Stalin? You know, I (laughs) once— When he was a man of the people. Once the PR machine kicks in, Stalin was always Stalin, (laughs) okay? And once the PR machine kicks in, you don't know up from down. We don't have any idea. Like, for instance, when it comes to— you know, the, the Democrats have this kind of, uh, you know, softer foreign policy feel. One of the first things Joe Biden do- does when he gets into office is uh, he's responsible for bombing a, uh, a busload of kids. Um, Donald Trump, on the other hand, um, he, he manages to hide whatever it is that he did by simply not releasing the numbers at all. So, you know, you get to pick. Well, and by delegating it. I leave that up to the generals. They. Well, that, that's the one thing he does isn't an expert on. Right. As far as I'm concerned, the generals um, are the responsibility of the commander in chief. But I couldn't find one number one time. Like the only thing, the only person I know that Donald Trump is responsible for killing is that Ira- Iranian uh, general, right. and then maybe a couple of people who happen to be around him. But whatever. Right, and then his predecessor, Barack Obama, was the opposite. He had a day of the week that he was presented with the targets for the targeted assassinations, mm-hmm. and he would check off the ones that were okay with, with him to kill. Indeed. Right. Yeah. So, you know, this is... Style. It's, <laughs> it's style. Could you go ahead and read the article here? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll spare the people the whole part of the article, but the good news for the audience of the most successful libertarian radio show in history <laughs> is... That Democrats are now the party of freedom. Ah, well, good news. Yes. I've been, I've been waiting for this day. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's come. And, uh, I can't but, say that I've never voted for Democrats. I mean, I, I, there's plenty of them that I have. Well, you only get two choices for the most part. Well, sometimes there's libertarians, and I'll vote for them. How many libertarian? what percentage of elections have you had voted for a libertarian of the election in most elections i can't uh, as you know cannot legally vote in the state of florida and i haven't been a resident here in a very long time emotionally voted for <laughs> right I'll get emotionally voted well <laughs> i don't even know how to address that i gave up my right to vote for a, a president in 2020 before the end of the year so i didn't vote in that particular campaign but i emotionally voted for joe jorgensen the libertarian for president all right um and, uh, you know, I, no one cares who votes for who, who, which party you vote for in Saipan. So uh, that barely matters at all. And uh, prior to that, it was, uh, you know, there was the there was that election where the libertarians had Bob Barr, who was a former Republican. Do they even appreciate an Anglo like you voting in the Saipan elections? Um, as long as I vote for the ones that they want me to. Sure. Oh, OK. But I can assure you that uh, they just harvest your ballot. <laughs> they they would definitely not uh, vote for me if I were running. So you can just forget no. that part. I don't know if that's racist. I can tell you that a person who chose not Tribal. to... A person who chose not to vote for Barack Obama based on the color of his skin was certainly labeled a racist in the United States. But a person who would choose not to vote for me in Saipan based on the color of my skin, probably not a racist, right? I won't go there. I'm <laughs> just saying... I would say that a person that didn't vote for 
Barack Obama, because of the color of his skin, was really an idiot to admit it in front of people unless he was with a, you know, part of a, a group that appreciated that point of view. I only know one person who um, made it clear to me that, uh, that a person who was a lifelong Democrat who had voted for every Democrat that had come along prior to that suddenly believed that this guy was a Muslim. Oh. So, so he did, they didn't not vote for him because he was black. It was because he was Muslim. But, but, but we'll come full, full circle. There were six degrees of separation She's passed, from Barack Obama on this because Barack Obama's staff is already coming up with the freedom agenda. So rest assured that it's almost here. But the herald of this whole uh, change was uh, Representative Eric Swalwell. Uh, you may know him. He's from California. He had that uh, inconvenient relationship, with the allegedly, with the Chinese spy. <laughs> the hot Chinese con- spy. It was convenient at the time. Yeah. And, you know, we don't really know what happened there. I, I can tell you that uh, they, there, a similar thing happened here in uh, Florida with a couple of uh, you know up-and-coming politicians who were definitely lambasted and crucified and are likely not in office at all anymore. Was Are we it? talking about Matt Gates? Yeah, that's the one. Do you know back? For, can I, am I allowed to say my last name? You can say whatever you want. Okay, so uh, I used to have the Henry Rain show here, yep. and it was heard in different places. Yeah, yeah. And I interviewed uh, before he was known as the wingman for Matt Gates, uh, the the ones that has now turned state's evidence and is rolling over on Matt Gates and the uh, trafficking. Uh, he. He was the Seminole County tax collector who was accepting Bitcoin, which is how I got to, <laughs> to talk to him. And um, anyway, I, he was quite a character. But I digress. Eric Swalwell says, we are the party of freedom. Freedom to make your own health care choices. Hmm. I think some people may say be thinking about vaccinations. But yeah, yeah Pfizer, <laughs> Moderna. I'm um, thinking about that exactly. Yeah. But freedom from your fear of gun violence. Yeah. Well, I don't know freedom from fear. Like, I don't think that's a freedom. Because fear is an emotion, right? And I can't make you not scared. That's you. I want freedom from fear. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I want freedom from your fear. I want freedom from buffer music. <laughs> the number is, again, 603-283-6160. It's 603-283-6160. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com Free Talk Live. Call in. We're talking about Democrats being the new party of freedom. That's right. Excellent. I'm so glad they're embracing freedom. Because I I had just read an article not too long ago that said that uh, freedom was now a buzzword for dangerous people. Yes. Yeah. But now... (laughs) Look who I'm talking to. (laughs) Indeed. So the number, 603... 
603-283-6160. It's 603-283-6160. If you've got any comments on abortion, the Democratic Party, um, you know, me being a dangerous person, you can pick. Uh, 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. But first, I want to tell you about library. Uh, so Free Talk Live has been on library for years. It's the decentralized blockchain-based media sharing protocol. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, an uncensorable video sharing website to compete with YouTube. Our YouTube channel, uh, that is Free Talk Lives, has been targeted and taken down, I mean, an innumerable amount of times, basically because we're not afraid to say the word COVID-19. And the idea that somehow national news programs can be on and say COVID-19, but not Free Talk Live, just shows the problem with YouTube. They're arbitrary, they don't know what they're doing, and so what? No one's going to hold them accountable. It's their platform, they get to do what they want. And so we're now streaming and posting our video archives on Odyssey at video.freetalklive.com. At minimum, please follow us on Odyssey at video.freetalklive.com. Or you can go all in, download the desktop app at library.com, and then every... Uh, video you watch will automatically make you a seed protecting that content from ever disappearing. So library is spelled L-B-R-Y. There's not a whole bunch of stuff missing from it. So just L-B-R-Y for library.com. But uh, the platform is odyssey at video.freetalklive.com. L-B-R-Y? L-B-R-Y. Libri? Libri. So there really is a, a use for the blockchain. <laughs> well, the blockchain's great because it's uncensorable, and but I mean, it gets it's kind of like AI, right? Like if you say we got a new project, it's uh, a blockchain based AI or in whatever. the metaverse, yeah, in the metaverse, yeah, yeah, that's the problem with NFTs. I, no, I was got sidetracked. I heard metaverse, and I was like, oh, I, I'm putting my old wrestling shows in the, on a metaverse uh, arena. Are you? Yeah. How's that going to work? Just uh, actually, before we go on, you ran Suncoast Pro Wrestling for... Uh, it was on years? TV for three years here okay. in the state of Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, a few full-power stations, low-power stations, cable systems, and uh, it did not run Vince McMahon out of business. Um, no. It, it took a, something else. It was local wrestling. Yes. People... People might remember, if they're old enough, that when the each state sort of had their own territory yeah. wrestling and they were big stars in their state. And But that I dig it. So anyway, there, there's a place called Spatial.io, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure and show it to you sometime. But uh, it's actually a great template. I, I'd say I created the space, but really it's I just took a template and I've got some of the video up and uh, working on creating avatars for the wrestlers from 30 years ago. Um, the other, well, one one of the wrestlers had a little bit of problems. He was trying to do it, and he, he he's about two hundred pounds, about six two. And he goes, "I keep getting a, a female's body on, on my avatar," and I said, uh, I but, remember but this guy. "With his head," <laughs> and I said, "Well, we'll have to work on that." But as I digress, because he's free to have a female body <laughs> in the metaverse, but here it takes. If you want to have a female body and you were born identifying as a male, you have to come to the Democratic Party to defend your rights, even in the free state of Florida that Governor DeSantis here likes to talk about. A lot. I love how DeSantis or somehow this is uh, Florida is getting branded as the free state. Now, um, 
it's interesting. Cato Institute, uh, I think it was the... I think it was for 2016. Florida was considered the freest state in the union, marginally, um, e- you know, eking out New Hampshire. And what I would say is, is that these states are similarly free, and but different in different ways. Sort of, you know, how the number uh, five and three can add up to eight, but so can four and four. Um, these are different problems with different numbers, but they add up to the same thing. So. Uh, that's kind of how New Hampshire and Florida are free. I see. Well, here in the free state of Florida, as you, we just said, Governor DeSantis likes to say, we have Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom buying ads. It's Gavin Newsom of California, if right. people don't know that, that he warned freedom is under attack in your state. So it's very confusing to people. They thought they had the governor that was making their state free and freer. And California were the evil people, and they're warning us about the freedom we're losing here. Yeah, well, uh, as a Floridian, I just got to say Newsom can stick it. Oh. That's oh. how I feel. Indeed. <laughs> Is our, our abortion rights under attack in Florida? I'm, I would be surprised if they are certainly not as, uh, as much as, say, Oklahoma, uh, Utah, Texas. Well, we have the six-week um, law. That... What's that mean? Uh now I uh, see. I didn't know we were actually going to speak about it. <laughs> we do have a more restrictive abortion law on the books in Florida, but many of the Republican caucus in Tallahassee, which is our state capital, wanted the governor to call a special session so they could make it even more stricter and follow the lead of some of these states that are not giving any exception for rape or incest or. Uh, you know, not even the six-week window of time. Yeah, I did see that if you're like in Baton Rouge, that you you had the like the farthest distance to go to get an abortion now currently. So they're going to create some kind of new underground railroad for young ladies of ill repute. Well, but some of the states want to use social media to, to find out if the uh, young women are crossing state lines, and some of these laws are are, are attempting to be built in penalties for leaving the state or assisting someone from leaving the state and crossing a state line for an abortion. I find that laughable, you know, the whole idea of doing that. I mean, you know, Massachusetts has been trying to go after people coming to New Hampshire for fireworks for some time, and they've never had any luck. But uh, the idea that any social media network is going to comply with some order about this seems unlikely. They've figured that out because there is a bounty that a concerned citizen can report people they suspect. Now, this is like in the uh, the Texas law and some of the other laws. So it's not every law. It's not one-size-fits-all state law. But there is a bounty that you can get uh, up to $10,000 in civil penalties awarded to the citizen, the vigilant citizen, that lets the government know about this. How would you know that – how would – how would it be provable that a person was pregnant when they left the state to go get a portion, an abortion? I suppose you could go to have gone to your doctor and then your doctor turn over your private medical records to the uh, government. That seems like a big fight. Well, what, there could be a lot of circumstantial evidence if you're doing Google searches for abortion clinics across the state Google line. Google is probably not going to turn over that information to the state of, of Louisiana. I think that might be debatable. I doubt it. You don't think that social media turns over information in criminal cases? 
I think they do. I just don't think that, um, you know, these these California Silicon Valley tech companies right. well, that l- lean liberal are going to do that. OK, let, let me just while I'm talking about the free state of Florida, though, but we do have a different law here that okay. as a business person, we're supposed to be business friendly. If you if you as the business owner wants me to go through training that makes me feel uncomfortable, whether it's diversity training or some other kind of training that I feel bad about myself, then I can do that same kind of bounty to you and uh take you to court over that so you can take and, me to court if i want you to go through diversity training right and and i feel you know that you've made me uncomfortable that, that's okay i i wonder to myself about the whole diversity training thing but i understand but i've never run a multinational corporation and these sorts of things either it all seems kind of silly to me well it, and i would think that the same people that were talking about the infringement of diversity training might feel the same about the infringement on the business owner's rights I tend to uh, to feel similar. The number, 603-283-6160. I've got some questions for Henry here regarding Democrats being the party of freedom. 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind, 603-283-6160, that's 603-283-6160, it's Mark with you, Henry Reigns, hammering Henry Reigns, we were just yeah. watching some of your old wrestling videos, I, I just, we didn't just watch videos, I took Mark into the metaverse for the virtual world to watch the videos. It's true. Um, there's some kind of metaverse. How do, how, does, how do people find this, Henry? Well, it's not ready for public yet, okay. but you could, you could go to spatial.io, and it's called Henry's Digital Hangout, and I think, I don't know, I think you can get in there without an invitation. I'm not sure. It's a work in progress. <laughs> Good. But I, I watched some videos that, uh, from, from you 30 years ago. Yes. I haven't changed a bit. <laughs> yes, indeed. Let me tell you a little bit about the convention that I'm going to be going and speaking uh, at in October. Uh, I will be at the Free Private Cities Foundation's annual conference, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's in the beautiful city of Prague from November 21st through the 23rd and showcases autonomous cities and intentional communities that are springing up around the world offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. The conference theme is Parallel Structures for Progress and will explore physical developments and parallel structures emerging in education and finance that offer alternatives for people looking for better ways to learn, educate their children, and invest in the future. Free Private Cities is offering all Free Talk Live listeners a special 20% discount on tickets, which can be claimed when checking out on Eventbrite with the promo code FTL. That says in Free Talk Live, FTL20. To find out more about the conference, visit Liberty, excuse me, LifetimeLiberty.com and follow the conference on Twitter via the handle LibertyIOL. Make sure that you get the tickets soon and take advantage of the early bird discount. If you'd like to buy your tickets in Bitcoin, you can drop them a Twitter DM for instructions. It's LifetimeLiberty.com, coupon code FTL20, 
Prague from October the 21st through the 23rd. And I hope to see as many of you as possible there in Prague. Now, is, it, is it available online if you go to Eventbrite and want to, if you can't get, is, is Prague in the Czech Republic or in Slovakia? It's Czech Republic. Okay. So if you can't get to the Czech Republic, is there a way to, to take in the... You should go to LifetimeLiberty.com and check that out. I don't know. Uh, LifetimeLiberty.com? LifetimeLiberty.com. Well, if not, you could always create a, an a event- metaverse space. <laughs> right, and just stick it up there in well, I was I was just telling you something like that. <laughs> Indeed. It's a lot of fun. So anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to going, obviously. It's going to be a lot of fun. Why don't we actually do something, not there... But something where some of your uh, people could come in and talk to you in the metaverse. We should. We should make that. We used to have that at one point on Second Life. There was a, there was a free talk live room in Second Life. And with uh, three dimensions and you could use your, your Oculus glasses and stuff? They didn't have Oculus glasses back then, but you it was three dimensions, yeah. Hmm. Second Life was basically what I was looking at on your screen. It was very similar. But okay. you didn't have the 3D. You couldn't be in there with uh, your glasses. So, okay. There you go. So, Henry, um, tell me how this party that uh, now wants people to have uh, freedom of autonomy with their bodies didn't want that a year, a year ago, a simple year ago. Tell me about that. Well, because it works. It's going to get them votes. That's, well, yeah. that's how they're doing it. First of all, Republican parties, Democratic parties, if the Libertarian Party were successful enough, parties exist to get people elected. They do not exist for values. Right. I'm going to leave the Libertarian Party out of that one. Um, But yes, uh, the Democrats and the Republicans seem to – because, you know, like it's hard for me to believe that anybody out there really believes that the Republicans are right on 100 percent of the issues. And uh, the same people probably do not believe that, you know, maybe there's some some percentage of the population, 20 percent on each side, that the Democrats are right on every single issue. But they'll mold their opinions based on which party it is they support, usually for one reason. Usually they support the party they support for one reason. What's that? Uh, it, it can differ from person to person. but mean uh, one issue? They're usually one issue. So, for instance, I know a lot of people that support the Democrats because the Republicans hate their gay friends. And the Republicans really need to think about this. You have alienated a couple of generations now with your stupid anti-gay stuff. And that's in order to pander to the religious vote out there. You know, and... Uh, you know, I mean, we got to people are voting for Democrats because, um, you know, of the abortion issue. This, in my opinion, is a dumb reason to vote for a party on abortion, gun rights, like these one things. You know, a lot of the females I know take it a lot more seriously. They than certainly that. do. <laughs> yes, they do. And and oh. they'll go and many of them will go so far as to say, I don't even get to have an opinion. This is why I don't state my opinion generally on the air. I will if somebody calls in and asks me, oh, Mark, what's your opinion on abortion? I'll go ahead and give it to you. But uh, generally, I just don't bother because nobody wants to hear it. They just don't care enough what my opinion is. Said, so, why should they? Um, you know, they have their own. Right. They have their own. And their opinion is clearly better to them. That's why they hold it. Well. How do we get this back to where we were? So, oh, we were talking about values, Democrats, Democrats wanting this. They, they I'll want tell to you the how party they got of freedom. There. Yeah, 
a Washington Post analysis found a marked increase in the term freedom being used in social media, media messaging for Democrats and left-wing leaders. And they, the party said, aha, that is a good thing we have to look at more of. Yep. And people are talking about it. We need to co-opt it. Right. So and, freedom was prior to the Roe v. Wade decision thing, really sort of uh, libertarians and then Republicans. Uh, Republicans have been using the term liberty and freedom recently. It, it seems to me that there was a, a faction of the Republican Party that tended towards libertarian ideas and policies. And, and there's others that just wanted their taxes cut. I would, I would like to make a stipulation on that. They tended toward it in the sense that they would – this is the set of lies that they will tell, right? So Democrats set, tell a set of lies and Republicans tell a set of lies in order to get your votes. And I thought the – I honestly thought the whole Roe v. Wade thing was just a lie that was never going to be solved because the Republicans used it too much for fundraising. The dog that caught the car – <laughs> and now they got to figure out what to do with it. Indeed, they did. They caught the car. Well, yes. The biggest change in elections in my lifetime, and, and it's because of social media, is the, the way to succeed in an election uh, going back prior to social media is you wanted 51 percent of the people to be satisfied. Yeah. With whatever is going on, and they will keep you in office. Now you want fifty. Find the thing that makes fifty-one percent of the people angry. Right. Just outraged. Anger is the motivation now, rather than gratification. It it truly is. There's no way to. I mean, it seems. It seems the politicians have used up their um, their social uh, capital so much that all they can do is terrify you of the other guy. Well, and anger is a bigger motivating factor than gratification and happiness. You think so? So I, I, I don't have to think so because yeah. that's what's being demonstrated. That's constantly. what's working. Yeah. Yes. I, I. Well, you're in the media. I've heard. I, I, yeah. I, well, I. But I don't. I am in the media, but I don't. They, they don't sit us down and say this is how you compete with Fox News. They, and, they and don't ask you about your engagement. How much engagement your audience has with your sure. social media and stuff? Sure. Did they happen twenty years ago? Well, we didn't have social media. 20 I know years ago. that's that's it was a radios had uh, time, time spent listening. So TSLs for as long as I've been in the business. I mean, but Free Talk Live doesn't do that. I mean, Free Talk Live's mission is to give you the opportunity to call in and talk about what you want to talk about. And then we look at the issues from a libertarian standpoint. We don't try to find the thing that makes people outraged. Well, but then I haven't done my job because I've been waiting for people to come in and tell me that I am really just a corporate shill. statist uh, authoritarian shill for the Democratic Party. Well, um, who were supposed to? Who was supposed to do that? My listeners, I, come on! I thought. I guess. I, no. I guess I didn't. No, no, that's not. I, the way they like goes. me too much. I think that uh, I think we honor opinions here on Free Talk Live. Uh-huh. We'll honor yours if you call in at six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You know, not to say well, that you're if, not going to. If get I'm questions. not anchoring them, I got to gratify them. No, I I think that what we do is we, we you know we read the news that we find most interesting, and I know you're very interested in Governor DeSantis, and I want to talk to you about that a little bit here coming up in the near future because I got to say I kind of like this guy. Um, you know, he appeals, his set of lies appeal to me. 
603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live 603 603- Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Kicking off the second hour. Going to call in and talk about whatever you want. You may give you the number here shortly. We're going to go to the calls here shortly, but I just want to tell people about Free Talk Live. So we've you know, we've been around for 20 years, and we've been making it uh, making it so you can call in and talk about whatever you want for a long time here on Free Talk Live. So you're welcome to call in the number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In this case, it's Mark with you. And not Henry Raines, because we're going to talk about the governor sometime. <laughs> it's definitely not, not Henry Raines from uh, the Henry Raines show. Uh, yes, it died. I love our governor. <laughs> Let's go to the phones first, Henry, if, if uh, we could here. Um, for whatever reason, my connection to the phones keeps on dropping out. I hope it doesn't do so while I'm on with Bad Slave. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. With a question for Henry, apparently. Well, thank you, uh, Mark and, and Henry. Good good to meet you. Um, nice to meet you, Bad Slave. I, uh, I mean, I think that uh, actually Mark started a question that I'm not clear that was answered. And basically, you know, you're, you're, I'm understanding your claim is that somehow now the uh, Democrat Party is, uh, is the Freedom Party. Is, is that what you're trying to maintain I, I am saying that they are now marketing themselves as the Freedom Party. I'm, I'm a lifelong Democrat. Ah. I'm a yellow dog Democrat, but I'm just putting this out here as their current <laughs> marketing push. Are you happy with, uh, with Biden? Uh, I could give you some things that I am happy about with Biden. I don't know if they make you happy, but I'm happy how he expanded the ACA. Uh, I'm expand. I'm happy that it's Obamacare, the, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Affordable Care Act that he made it uh, more affordable for people, or not? He did. The the party did. He's going to have to. He drove so many people's uh, insurance rates up uh, with the uh, Obamacare. Oh, drove up the rates. Insurance rates weren't going up before. Well, they were. Yeah, and this makes it more affordable. It does. You're you're grinning, but you know. I haven't had insurance in a couple of decades. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
try yeah, someone well, that has had insurance, and you, they would know that you don't get to keep your doctor when you're getting it through your employer, and you don't always get it with a good price if you want to buy it uh, in the open market. So it it provided a marketplace that people. And we're going back to Barack Obama now, which I think is one of the greatest accomplishments in recent memory is getting that health care available to more people. It expanded it by about 10 percent of the population. But Joe Biden has uh, overseen as the, the legislature expanded that. So that's one thing that I like. I like the, the fact that when the, a president comes into office, there's about 4,000 positions that have to be filled. And if you're just coming from... Oh, let's say Bill Clinton, when he came from Arkansas and brought his crew from there, you don't get a very efficient. You have a, you need a patronage network when you become a, a president that those people yeah. have had a generation depending on you for their living and you put them in office and they do what you're told. But I'm sorry to just filibuster bad slave. Um, we could go yeah, on, but on. I thank you. Let me in. Uh, I, um, I, you know, I have a, a huge beef. With uh, with the Democrats and Biden and you know uh, Harris and all mm-hmm. of these people, um, they're uh, they were perfectly willing uh, to to fire good people because they they refused as should be the you know the the actual situation where you know you don't have to take uh in order to keep your job you don't have to take treatments that you don't want and or or wear masks or you know so in the medical field i think you had to wear masks all along but i've I've managed medical practices and you had to have tuberculosis shots and you had to have other shots and and pretty much uh almost every vaccine that comes along they want their staff to have as a firefighter they offered the flu vaccine and i refused repeatedly and was still able to stay on uh staff i can say that much so well you here's, know, it, here's it can go the different problem ways. henry is the in fact the you know the there are they're showing up some serious and even deadly side effects from this so-called vaccine which isn't really a vaccine. It's something else altogether. And, well, a vaccine and, usually uh, would give you some kind of, uh, um, you know, it would take the virus or whatever it was, the, the illness, and give you some immunity by giving you a small amount of it or something. Why? Right. This is a new technology, the mRNA, that's been in development for about 20 years, and but, it's now coming to fruition. Sure. Um, if I called my um, car a mechanical horse, it, while it is a vehicle that transports me in one direction or another, it's not a mechanical horse. It's something different, right? I mean, so maybe and, there should be a different word. Well, a vaccine is a preventative to keep you from getting yeah, don't a disease. Make that the whole deal here, guys. That's a prophylactic. Uh, I want to oh, say that, that that ivermectin and HC uh, hydrochloroquine were were. Uh, Options that would have obviated the uh, the emergency use of the uh, the different so-called vaccines, and and uh, there was uh, great suppression of ivermectin and uh, HCQ, and uh, and and I thought that 
that people died because of that. And I think that, uh, you know, the governors and, and anybody, and, you know, I, that's why I think, uh, you know, Trump didn't really interject himself into that medical realm much because, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, some deadly stuff occurred, you know, didn't occur so much in, uh, South Dakota or, you know, uh, with Norway or I don't know, there were some places that, that, that didn't lock down that, 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 uh, didn't. Well, now we're all over the place with lockdowns and uh, vaccines and, and ivermectin and these sorts of things. But let me, let me pound Henry on a, a couple of these. Thank you for the call, bad slave. Um, so, for instance, uh, ivermectin. Now, there were some very acclaimed scientists getting in front of Congress and begging them to uh, use ivermectin. I used it when I got sick, and I didn't notice uh, any change before or after taking it. Right. So and- my my opinion is ivermectin didn't work for me. But that doesn't mean that some scientist doesn't believe it works. So there you go. A lot of... And since I don't know the specific ones, scientists that you're talking about, I have had friends that have had the same. And this is one of the the things that really irks me about America is that there's literally two news medias out there that makes the other people on the other side look bad. Like somehow I managed to see some guy who was acclaimed as some researcher in front of Congress. And you, a guy who really watches the news, didn't get to see this because it doesn't. You know, well, I don't know that I didn't at you. get to see it because okay. I've had friends that have presented this argument to me, yep. and I've gone to seek out on the internet the people that uh, I could find that were making these statements. Yep. I think our new Surgeon General here in Florida is one of them, and uh, my opinion of him is very low, having seen, having researched him. So, I don't he, think doctors should be picked based on your politics. That's that's fine with me. But anyway, let, let's get back to what you're talking about. So uh, all these um, different arguments that have been put forward to me, I have gone and looked for myself, and I haven't seen the corroboration that the people pr- that present the arguments to me. Uh, I doesn't say that maybe there isn't somewhere, but I haven't. I've searched hard, and I haven't been able to find it. What I've seen um, with the COVID reactions is a lot of irresponsibility, politicians overreacting, underreacting, doing a variety of things. What I said early on, long before COVID, was if there's an argument for the state, it's a global pandemic. What COVID-19 convinced me of is that that argument sucks, that there's now no argument for a monopoly on violence. Peace sign. Um, bunker stick. Free Talk Live, call in the number 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about, and you can do as Bad Slave just did. Call in and uh, ask us questions about our views. 
Um, they asked you, uh, he asked you, Henry, uh, specifically to sort of defend the Democrats' uh, position on uh, COVID-19 throughout the last, well, I guess, two and a half years. And I will say, knowing you... It sounded like vaccine mandates is what he was really getting at. He, he, he did seem to care very much about vaccine mandates. Okay. And I got to say this, that vaccine appears to be useless. Why? Why what? Why, Why does do it appear you... that way? Yeah. Because people who are getting the disease now and the few that are dying from it have the vaccine. It, yeah. I mean, people who are dying from this disease that, appear to have the vaccine. That's how the epidemiology of a disease like this works. It also appears as though it had no effect on deaths from COVID-19. How can you say that when the deaths are so low? The deaths are low, but the deaths were low before the vaccine came out, too. They were basically no, they zero. Yes, they were. Well, before it got being spread around, yes. Sure. Well, there was there was um, some initial rises, and then it was basically uh, nothing really happening. What period of time are we talking about? Because you're talking about two years now. The Drudge Report put the number of deaths each day for two years now. Now we're down to like three or 400, and it used to be in the thousands. Well, I don't know what they're claiming uh, of deaths by COVID-19 because I've been lied to before. But I do know that um, deaths in America are reported, um, you know, right. They're they're reported by the CDC. So I just look at deaths, period. And I presume that knowing what the deaths are, that we can see whether COVID, whether there is a global pandemic going on. Now, I will admit the deaths that we see here do not. Are you searching on graphs of COVID deaths over time. Correct. This is what they call weekly number of deaths, all causes. And it therefore includes numbers that are below the normal rate and then above it. And they call above it excess deaths. Well, that's one way of finding excess deaths. But why, But you're saying you don't want to check to see the deaths that are uh, attributed to COVID. That's because people dying on motorcycles um, getting uh, attributed to you know a COVID death is kind of ridiculous. You fall out of a building, you got COVID, you're a COVID death. I'm sick of that. Um, don't not interested. Well, that's you're you're talking about what might be anecdotal data points. Okay, but I know this. You think when the, I called the, the hospital with COVID nineteen, I had COVID nineteen. I will swear up and down. When I called that hospital, they said stay home. They didn't want anything to do with me. When, what, what was the date of this? Um, this was been March two, uh, 2021. Okay. They told me, do not come here. Well, you know, I mean, how are That's... they going to know that, that I'm a COVID case? Their numbers are skewed. I thought you said you just told them that. What, what are they going to just pick anybody who calls on the telephone? You don't think they might have been overwhelmed by all the COVID people coming into the hospital at that time? I don't know. Um, I have right. no idea. You don't know. I don't know. All I know is they don't, don't, don't know whether I had COVID-19 or not. And so you're giving me hypotheticals and the idea that you don't accept data that... This is real data from the Center for Disease Control. Do you believe them? What is the surplus deaths that they're saying? Okay, excess deaths. And what, what time period? Okay, from the time frame of, let's call it March 6th, 2021. This is about the time that I got it. Yeah, this would have been the time frame that I got it. Through... July 10th, 2021. So we're talking four months? Yeah, about that time frame. Yeah. Okay. There were basically no excess deaths in America. So in that time frame, essentially, whatever was going on, COVID was not killing people. Not enough of them. Why don't you take a broader 
time period. Well, I'm like just saying annual. that you, we could be in a time frame because it's been about four months. It's been since uh, the end of February when we actually had some, some more deaths. Now, I don't know if they're COVID deaths, but we had um, more of them. And so it's been about that same stretch of time. So we could say COVID's gone or it's not gone. But at this point, I can pretty well say that the vaccine had not disseminated thoroughly enough in the population um, from March through July to really have done much of anything. So, and then we had a huge spike after that at when people are vaccinated. Communities with 99% um, uh, vaccination rates are having spikes. Um, they're having deaths. They're having outbreaks. It doesn't seem to have done anything. Certainly the vaccine didn't do as much as we were told it was going to do. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't get the vaccine. I don't care what you do. But I had it, and I can tell you I got sick. If somebody gets sick from a vaccine, then somebody else is going to get sicker. And if somebody else gets sicker, then somebody's going to die. Every medical procedure has risks. And to mandate that somebody take uh, a medical procedure, to me, is anti-American. I'm against it, especially one that would be considered experimental. I don't see how we would call this anything else. All right. So you're throwing up what you had at your fingertips yep. to me over something that I've been looking at over the last two years. I know you I studied no it more time than I to do. prepare for it. Uh, sure, sure. And just I wasn't prepared either. I just happened to look at this chart because well, this is the I, chart I tried I tried to about. Google and I'm trying to work this chart. But you have two different things where the, the column headings are on a different page from the... So all I can do is, uh, you know, turn around my laptop and uh, show you the deaths as they went. And, you know, and, and let the court know that I see a bar graph with a red line across the top of it. I see some spikes there. Yep. And those are the deaths in America. They came from something. I presume they didn't come from husbands locked up with their uh, families beating the hell out of them and killing some of them. I presume they don't come from drug overdoses. I presume that they come from, by and large, COVID. So I'm, I'm certainly not a COVID well, denier. Well, WHO um, oh God. has 14.9 million excess deaths associated with COVID-19. Uh-huh. Uh, estimate is for a 24-month period from 2020 to 2021. Uh, so that would be global deaths. Uh, let's see. I could go to all these others. And I don't think this is really scintillating radio for <laughs> us to... To out Google well, the other apparently, person. Apparently, you don't. Uh, you believe that the vaccines were worth something. Yes. So, like, you do you think people should have been forced into it? Like, lose their jobs if they chose not to take them? Don't you think the American medical system losing something like fifteen percent of its? Uh, well, that would staff? be a, a decision for the business itself. Okay. Now, if you're talking about uh, public facilities, then that would be a judgment. For the, the governing body of that public facility. And this is one of the but, problems I but have I, with that. I, let, me, let me make it a little bit more broader. I believe that the state has the authority to mandate a medical treatment or a medical um, a quarantine, for example. Uh, I don't know if that's not a treatment. I don't know the right uh, word for we'll it. We'll call it a treatment, sure. A, a quarantine, a protocol. Mm-hmm. Protocol, uh, sure. Good. For the greater good of the population. If it had... So if one state decides to do one thing and another state decides to do another thing, which one's right? 
if you got California and Florida, who's you, correct? You didn't. We weren't talking about right and wrong. We're talking about talking authority about to do it. Authority, certainly. They've got the guns. They can shoot you if they don't. If and, you don't do it. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Talk about monkeypox. Monkeypox, yes. <laughs> During the break here. We, we started on COVID-19, and now... Uh, I guess it's just the thing you're supposed to talk uh, about. Disease du jour. Yeah. I really hate that whole disease du jour thing. And apparently, you know, COVID really, uh, you know, it, 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 it made it so you kind of have to talk about the new disease that's coming up. But um, anyway, your thoughts, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. I want to talk to you about Bitcoin.com. Just spoke to my friend uh, Roger Veer, who set up uh, Bitcoin.com long ago. It's the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of uh, valuable information, neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer an excuse for ignoring this important, world-changing information. And it looks like Bitcoin, I don't know, it looks like it might be ramping up for a, for a bull run. At least that's what I'm being told. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, you can check out news.bitcoin.com to get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news. All on a slick and easy-to-use website, bitcoin.com. Proud to have bitcoin.com as an advertiser here on uh, Free Talk Live. So, uh, you know, like as you said during the break, Henry, it's true. We are not going to convince each other when it comes to this uh, this COVID-19 po- uh, topic. And really, my only thing is, is that it doesn't look to me um, that, you know, the, uh, the the proffered vaccine for, uh, you know, this government weaponized common cold that's out there, <laughs> the uh, the lab leak version of the common cold um, <laughs> is, uh, you know, really lives up to what uh, was being sold as. And I disagree with every premise you embedded into that <laughs> statement. Go ahead. No. Disagree. Yeah, well, fine. I will disagree. <laughs> but I will allow you to continue to operate under the impression you're right. Do you think that uh, you, you don't think that COVID-19 was leaked from a lab? It just happened to come from Wuhan right next to uh, where they were doing uh, gain-of-function and all that well, good I, stuff? Well, I don't have an opinion, although I did okay. see just coincidentally in the last day or two that one of the uh, a, a authority, a, a published researcher who had uh, been of the opinion that it couldn't have come from the food market in China and was more likely to have come from a lab, has since, uh, after they've had more time to look at the strain, has come to the opposite opinion that okay. he thinks it did come from. But I can't make a judgment on that. Yeah, I, I, look, all I can do is uh, listen to these same authorities. I mean, I got to say, it's all very suspicious. I've never eaten a live bat, and I'm never, never going to. But at the same time... Well, you see the pictures of those markets, and they, they're in the cages there. Somebody you know, is eating them. You know, the United States is a big country. And if the next global pandemic comes from 10 blocks away, you know, they, they target it as uh, coming from 10 blocks away from the CDC... 
Somebody might be suspicious, you know? Again, I don't know how this is relating to <laughs> whatever the point is that you're trying to make. I mean, look at monkeypox. I, I prefer not to look at the monkeypox, but monkeypox has been endemic in Africa and not a particularly um, fatal disease, but a very uncomfortable and unpleasant disease. It looks but uncomfortable as, from as the it, pictures with, I've seen. With global travel, it can move and, and, and be not recognized by the general public as it spreads and it changes. And the current strain that everybody's uh, talking about in Europe and and the U.S. is different slightly from the one in Africa, but the big difference is it doesn't... Like if you look on the news, you see all these pictures of pox marks and poxes all over the bodies of these people. Yeah. And you're wondering who's having sex with those people. <laughs> right. If <Somebody's, laughs> somebody looks like a walking yeah. pustule, you probably uh, should think twice. Well, you probably should expect to get some on you. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and, but this particular strain that is um, spreading it currently, and it's admittedly in the, the gay population or the, uh, the male gay population, uh, can easily spread out. We need to be paying attention to that because it reminds me of being around uh, when AIDS first started being talked about, and it was always a gay problem. But this particular version of monkeypox doesn't have the picture, like the pictures you see on the news they love showing you. This is strain doesn't have as many uh, of the, the sores that show up. So you can have sex with somebody and not really be aware that they have it. It's just be like it's not a sexually transmitted disease by definition. It's but a social it, disease. It's it's easy to not be aware that somebody has it and you have intimate contact with that person. So it doesn't require genital to genital contact. It just requires no. contact. No, and in fact, in Africa, a lot of it is spread from the parent to the child because it's they're in the same home and in tight conditions. So. Um, what is its relationship to smallpox? Because I've heard that people with smallpox vaccines have, um, you know... Some, some of the smallpox vaccines are adaptable to monkeypox. Okay. So some of them aren't? I, I don't even know the whole spectrum of, okay. of smallpox. I do know that I've read that there are certain ones. It's a, there, there's a good supply, but not a broad supply. And you want to uh, treat the people that are more most likely to have it uh, or come in contact with it, which is why... They're going to target the gay community first in areas where there's high gay festivities. Hold on. Why is the gay? Hold on. What? What does the gay community have to do with this? That because the statistic. Now, right now, I, we've gone past <laughs> these numbers, but earlier in the week, uh-huh. uh huh, in Europe and the U.S., it's I think Thursday. there were about 2,800 cases. Okay. And they were able to. Uh, Examine 500 of the cases, do interviews and stuff. And they were uh, gay men that not just had sex with a gay partner, but they had anonymous sex and they went to raves where there was group sex. Right. So the, the reality that heterosexual men don't get to have very much anonymous sex at uh, well, they're gonna go, the big events. They, they, will, they will go to the prostitute that was shared with the bisexual man that ha- brings it over to that and it I gets see. in the heterosexual population that way. All right. So it happens to... Why uh, are we talking about this? Because people care about monkeypox. Sure. Okay. Well, I, I, mean, no I, I, I did win the monkeypox part. You want, well, I didn't know we were going to do a, 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 a deep dive into how 
Gateman and spread monkeypox. You got to address these issues, Henry, because I mean, you know, you're, you're speaking to a wider audience. It's not a it's not a liberal show. I don't know this stuff. I try to avoid the news, and I'm not running out there having anonymous sex with anybody. I just don't. You know, this stuff doesn't enter my world. So mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta inform me. You saw you showed me those pictures of monkeypox. It's terrifying. Yes. I, I sincerely hope I never well, catch and, whatever and that disease ago, is. A week ago, I was saying to my own family, I said, like, how to, the, who? How, to, to my family, like okay. uh, my my adult daughter and stuff. I said, because uh, she's from the theater community. She knows a lot of people. I'm like, who would have sex with these people? <laughs> right. How dark does it have to be? Because <laughs> I think this is like having Braille sex. <laughs> it's, it's you would know. And... It's really not good. Yes. And then, and just in the last week, there's actually been explanations in the media that, for example, some of this transmission, there might just be a sore on the interior of the mouth or some other organ, and it, it, it isn't visible like the media has liked to put the sensational pictures up. So it can spread, and it needs to be it – it's not like COVID in it where it's aerosol, but it is something that you need to be thinking about if you're out there – you know, having that kind of uh, promiscuous sexuality. I think that you're opening yourself up for a lot of social diseases if you're out there kind of have, uh, having that kind of promiscuous sex. Um, but, you know, I get it. Some people can pull this off. Not me. <laughs> Nobody's. You know, my chosen sexual partners are not giving it up at that I, I don't even know about your turn of the phrase there. But anyway, um, but... I, I hear you got scared. I hear voices. The, the music. The music gets you scared. <laughs> the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. It's six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You call that number. We'll put you on the air here on Free Talk Live. Live, the number, 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. It's Mark with you. And maybe Henry Reigns, maybe not Henry Reigns. <laughs> Speaking of which, the reason you're dodging your, your name here is, is because I wanted to ask you some questions about uh, DeSantis. What's his first name, Ron? Well, that was the first reason why I was dodging it. Because <laughs> uh, long ago... 2004 it was, I endorsed the Democratic challenger for the local sheriff. And I realized shortly after that, there was no good reason for me to go up against the what would become the 24-year incumbent sheriff who's Pass, who's now his son is like a 12-year incumbent here. Right. There is no reason to go against the person who has the monopoly of violence in the county. But I've, I, now you have created other reasons for me to be hide my identity because now when Google gives up my social media searches, I've got all these things that I've put on the computer that are going to paint a whole different picture of me than the person I am when they start to look at it, all just to answer your questions. <laughs> just my questions about... Uh, yes, your monkey questions. Po- my monkeys, my, my monkey pox questions. And more. Indeed. So um, yeah, tell me what it is about uh, Ron DeSantis that, uh, that, that you dislike the most, because I just don't know. 
Well, it's I, I give you. I'm giving you my opinion of his character because there are people with bad characters that sometimes I like them. So these <laughs> are the these are the things that I have noticed about Governor DeSantis, and they aren't policy. They are of extremely thin skin, of vindictiveness, and an inability to can keep that under control. Someone like a Charlie Chris, this isn't an endorsement. This is not an endorsement. That should have come clearly. But he is always in control. He is always in control of his external image and giving that out in a way that is not uh, sending off alarms about the person that he is. There may be other things that are alarming about him, but not how he conducts himself in a public situation. When... Now, Chris was the governor at one point, right? Yes. He How was the Republican he, governor. He was the Republican governor, but he switched parties to Democrat. Well, uh, he was an independent in between. Okay. But let, let's not – we can come back to that if you want. But, I'm just trying to uh, – what, what I'm, I'm saying, curious as to whether or not – I know Chris is running against um, DeSantis, and I'm curious as to whether – I mean, you know, he must be able to, to take the office. Was he only a one-term governor? Uh, he was running for senator is when he, he had the ish, the problem. He, Marco, I believe it was Marco Rubio that defeated him. I'd have to go back and, okay. and Google that. And I don't want. Let's just start. St- stay with your, your inquiry here. Yeah, because this is more. Contemporary. So you like Christ better than DeSantis? It's not that you dislike DeSantis. I, I dislike is a personal question. I, I would not vote for DeSantis. I don't think he. I don't like his policies, uh-huh. but as an individual, there are alarm bells that come off in his personality. Let, let me give a spectrum. Uh, if Barack Obama, for the most part, was cool and collected in a public situation, uh, would be, uh, you know, he, he, was, he was always presenting his best self as best he could. Agreed. He was cool and collected. Fine. Joe Biden... He can go off script real easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's it's a different kind. It's a mistake. <laughs> I mean, Are we making excuses for this. I'm wondering. Well, off no. In the I woods. mean, if if you're making gaffes, uh-huh. that isn't your intention. Is to make mistakes in public or to show bad uh, sides of your personality. All right. So let's get to, to Governor DeSantis. All right. Here, we had a national, beyond national story here in Manatee County called Vaccine Gate. Everything comes full circle here. We had uh, one of our county commissioners uh, heard that Governor uh, DeSantis was doing these pop-up vaccination sites. You know, it was a good public relations thing. Plus, it was a good thing to do is to get, if you'll indulge me, to get people vaccinated. People wanted and that. And there was a shortage. It was hard to get. So he was going to have one for, in Manatee County, which is where we are, which is a Republican-supporting county of his. Well, the county commissioner that got the information and had the influence with the, the local um, logistics person for the county got the site set up in the two districts of her, two districts for her, uh, zip code districts, for Lakewood Ranch, which is a very upscale white area of the county. Very okay. rich, very Republican donor, etc. And she had some special names put on the list. So the she's, wealthy and well-connected? She's, well, did we're, in, we're there. Okay. And, 
and it was very far away from the low-income neighborhoods. Okay. So it was done there. No evidence whatsoever that Governor DeSantis knew that was it. There is a trail and emails and stuff that shows she was trying to arrange it for a benefit way, and there is a current ethics investigation at the state level under her. Her name is uh, County Commissioner Vanessa Baugh. I don't know how the ethics will come out, but it all centered around her. But at the press conference, by the time the press conference at the event happened, reporters naturally asked Governor DeSantis. Now, he didn't necessarily know anything about it, but he said his response, rather than to say what as an untrained politician like myself would say, is, I don't know about it, but I'll like to get to the bottom of it. Or... I don't know, but we try and make sure we distribute these as best we can. But instead, because he got questioned about it, he said, well, maybe we should just take this to another county. That is when your personality is taking over and your thin-skinnedness. Now, to our south is is Lee and Collier County with Naples and Fort Myers, which are huge Republican districts. Yep. And he was down there, and he was at a town hall, and a local person, a supporter, asked him, why are we having uh, uh, problems getting the vaccine here? And rather than say the smart politician thing, well, we're trying to get them as evenly distributed as we can, and we'll work hard to get them to you, he said, well, maybe... No vaccine for you. (laughs) He said, maybe you need to go look at another county. (laughs) Well, maybe they do. Maybe that's the only way to do it. That is a thin skin. When early in his administration, the Miami Herald wrote something about him that he didn't like, he had the Miami Herald, the biggest newspaper in the state, banned from his press conferences in the Capitol. All of a sudden, you ensure that you make the biggest newspaper your enemy. (laughs) To some extent, that's what Trump did, too, right? Um, Well, if, if... you're that, so my, what I'm saying is that his thin skin is a detriment to being a good governor. Now, let's look at Walt Disney World. They, and I know about the don't say gay bill, but it's easier to say that to, to give you a point. Now, I know there's a lot of uh, misinformation about that bill. But the, the Walt Disney Company put out a statement contra- that they didn't support the, the bill. And he moves to remove their special district for Walt Disney World that was... Um, Given yeah, decades ago. Th- yes. And w- because they voiced, what, their free speech rights as a corporation? Uh, and, and the list goes on and on like that. Well, I can say that there's a long-running conservative dispute with... Uh, Walt Disney and that the suggestion is is that you know this is if you're a conservative family this isn't the entertainment company for you now I'm stuck in the middle because I'm a Marvel guy as you know um, you yes. uh, ran and the, indoctrinated you yeah you ran the uh, the the comic book store that I started working at when I was 12 yes. years oh, old I was a groomer <laughs> 
<laughs> and I have long believed that uh, the, the combination of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee were, you know, uh, guys that were well above their station in the pr- production of Pulp. <laughs> you know, they really they really made something amazing. Um, and I won't, you know, I won't give that up. And to the point that I banned the uh, purchase of Batman toys at uh, my house when my son was young. Um, nope, we're not going to do that. None of that stuff. Sorry. Look. El Dictator? What's this? El Dictator. No, well, I'm sorry. Look, a man's got to have principles. A man's got to live by something. Okay. But, see, you're, you're getting away from what I'm saying, that there is a f- character flaw. Not, I'm not talking dishonesty, per se. I'm just talking about a problem in that person, that he is so thin-skinned, and he is vindictive. And he went into a high school... And they, they were wearing masks, and he yelled at the kids to take the mask off for the media. <laughs> the, the number, uh, 603-283-60. Parental rights. Well, I mean, you give up your parental rights when you send them to government school. 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. Kicking off the third hour of the show, Henry. Can you believe this all? The Two best hours? hour. The third hour, best hour. <laughs> best kimchi here in the third hour. The number that you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And it's Mark with you. And Henry Reigns. Henry Reigns. Darn it, I said it. <laughs> you can do that. We just don't do it on Free Talk Live because, uh, but I mean, your your whole show was the Henry Range show. Yes. And so. I yeah. used my real name when I was wrestling, too. Hammer and, and Henry Reigns. Yes, which was crazy. Have you ever had any <laughs> backlash from this? From what? Using your real name. Well. Back when uh, we had phone books? Yes. What was it? The, the, um, at Manatee Glens. I used to get calls from there because my tag at the beginning was uh, news, talk, and most importantly, the truth. And I would get people – Manatee Glens was where the mental health uh, inhabitants, uh, people help, needing help with their mental health. And I would get people looking me up in the phone book. And I, by that time, I had an answering machine, and they would uh, let me know that they had the truth for me. And to please get a hold of them, and they would tell me about the truth. And uh, I did not had to do with helicopters and. Uh... I actually had to do with the aforementioned sheriff that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I did. By then, I did not want anything to do with the sheriff. And um, well, there you are. So um, he actually inquired about how to get me off the air. Oh, really? And then he decided I was just such a little pissant that it didn't matter. It, it just doesn't. And the more time they spend. Uh, you know, going after you, the better it does. For and the world of no, it wouldn't have done any any good for him to go after me. Okay. <laughs> but in the world of six degrees of separation, the the uh, public information officer at the sheriff's department was the owner of the video production company that was doing my that had done my wrestling show ten years prior. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, yeah, so he sort of smoothed things over a little bit and said, "Hey, he's just a little pissant. <laughs> just nothing important. Don't worry about it." Well. Yeah. 
I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what the whether the sheriff's listening tonight or the ex sheriff or, or you know, the new sheriff. Hey, he's doing son. a great job. The the new sheriff, the son of the sheriff. Is that so? I know, all I can tell you is, is I went to Walmart and there was a a prison guard tower there, and I thought it was the weirdest thing. Which Walmart was it? Uh, the one on seventy. Oh well. What is that supposed to mean something to me? Yeah. I spent the last I spent the last fifteen years in like New Hampshire. I, I, I don't Yeah, you need to watch out where you're going. At least good thing the sheriff was there to look after you. Everything was fine. I yes. can assure you. See? My point exactly. Everything is fine. <laughs> Let's go to Sarah calling in from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Sarah. Yes. Hey, I, I just want to bring up that. I I was amazed, um, since I've been I've been going to Communist Party meetings that there always have been an American Communist Party since the Great Depression. And then America almost oh, had it was a before revolution. That. It was it was before that. It was uh nineteen ten, was it yeah. When did the Bolsheviks have that revolution in Russia? It was like eighteen ninety, I don't know. Yeah. So like then the maybe after nineteen eighteen, yeah, maybe right. So after their revolution, the American Communist Party was formed like after 15, 20 years afterwards. And uh, so I learned about all of this. And I also learned that Helen Keller was a communist. And, you know, according to David from New Mexico, he mentioned that all of the Eastern European um, immigrants, like from 1910, they were always behind forming, strengthening the Communist Party. Which I, yeah, a which, lot of Eastern Europeans were, were into the Communist Party. Um, you know, I mean, does it uh, is there any value in saying that uh, J.R.R. Tolkien was an anarchist? I mean, you know, I I, I wonder when people bring up uh, historical figures that had Sarah. You know, are are is the fact that you're bringing it up is that you're surprised that it would have an attraction to people at that time period? Uh, they were that tr- period. I mean, I, I mean, during the Great Depression, when the coal miners had machine guns and were, and then they were having wars against their employers. Ludlow Mine to, Massacre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, back then, I mean, I was told that we almost did turn communist, and that's when they gave out the socialist programs of Social Security and pension, welfare, and food, um, all that things. Um, those are all communist programs, Medicaid, Medicare, um, to kind of appease the public from have, um, having turned completely communist altogether. What would America so, have to look like in order to be communist? Because I would say that uh, from, you know, having read the, um, you know, uh, Marx, the, the Communist Manifesto and gone through the 10 planks that the United States has reached them. So I'd say we are communist. What would communism look like to you? I mean, would it just have to work better ten, than it does today? Tell, well, tell us a few of the ten planks. I'm afraid I don't have them, but I can go ahead and look them up very quickly for you. So, so I mean, so it's like, to be capitalist, to me, it's like cancer. It's like you could, you could kind of, kind of make them kind of small, but they have a tendency to come back and to be a robber baron again. It's the same thing that if you, it's like. If you don't completely stomp it out, if you have, like, a mixed economy like we have, they could become, like, abusive towards the workers where they take away their pension like they're doing. And then and then they they just keep getting greedy with the real estate and 
um, everything that they own, when they throw everybody on, out on the street and they're asking for another revolution because people are getting to be out or homeless. But, um, yeah, but, I mean, I think what we got is a, like a socialist um, country, like mixed economy, right? Sure. So they, That's what it is. Yeah, so, but you admit that we do have a mixed economy. I mean, you, you understand like the communist uh, programs that we got in the United States. And well, I don't know if they're communists. Kind of I would call them socialists. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I would say is is that um, what Marx – so there's two types of communists. There's anarchists right. and um, there's Marxists. So Marxists would claim that you have to pass through socialism and that as um, you know the – as the, the the economy and the people mature, that the uh, the government itself will wither away, which is sounds like the most Pollyannish statement I've ever heard in my life, and that we will have a communist utopia. Anarchists claim that you can move from, say, a feudal economy or, or a capitalist economy directly into uh, communism without passing through socialism. Is my understanding of the two uh, platforms? I, I guess it's just. Uh... Uh, a perspective um but uh i don't know and and um i don't know Ian always keeps telling me that if i like a communist country that i need to go move to russia but it's kind of like saying all the people that hate the russian war right now the ukrainian war it's like asking them to all come to america or go to uh, england you know, I mean, how is that going to be possible? That's not possible, well, you know? I, I would, what I would say is, is that if there was a place that um, more closely uh, mirrored your values, that you should move there. You really should. Like, wherever this place is, whatever it's like. What if you don't have the means? Well, then, then why bother, um, you know, well, get the me, means? And, and Sarah, I don't want to project. Uh, something on you that is there but underlying a lot of the things you're saying it feels like injustice really makes uh upset you when when the powerful are put upon put upon the the less powerful sure i hate that well I, no i'm asking sarah is, is that something that you're you're bothered because i keep hearing that in your your talk am i on to anything oh, oh yeah that's true that's true the um the capitalists they have a tendency of being abusive if they have a chance to um, yeah, they. But are, will... isn't the government abusive when it has a chance to? I guess so. Yeah. Then, then what do you want more of that for? Isn't that what communism is? Uh, every or way, socialism. Why? If I could speak for Sarah and see if she agrees with me, is that every uh, human nature organizes and consolidates power, and those that have the Tensor. power consolidate more power, and they oppress the ones underneath. And, and it doesn't every... matter whether they're capitalist or socialist or any of that. They or monarchs. Do. Yeah, they always do it. Sarah, um, thank you for the call. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, the number, as I have given before, 603-283-6160, 603-283-6160. Henry, do you think it matters anymore that, uh, you know, like toll-free numbers, does anybody have long-distance service? What's long-distance? Right, what is that? 
Remember when we used to pay a whole bunch of money to call somebody who was more than one town away? Well, if we're going to do I'm older than you, I remember. And you are. <laughs> I, well. I think I, I might have grayer hair. I remember when we had what they call a party line. Yes. And there were multiple families this. on one line, and you'd pick up that phone in your home, and you might hear somebody else talking. And then you put it back down. Sometimes. <laughs> And sometimes, uh, you know, I didn't because I was a little kid, but you'd say, can you get off the phone? I got an important phone call to make. Yep. Yeah, if it was important, I suppose you would, rather than somebody chit-chatting. Speaking of uh, chit-chat, you've got a story here that I really wanted to get into. The one with um, the gentlemen who were Christian nationalists, but not really Christian. And... I think this is interesting. Like, you know, how can you get excited about a religion that you don't believe in? Power. Power. Okay. If if it's a means to power. Uh-huh. And I also have a little thing about that you can be a billionaire and a, cre- a tremendous person in your field, and you can say the most dumbest things about Christianity. But well, let's start with this. Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple examples here. Uh, the there's uh, let's see if I can find their names here because uh, all right, you may remember these people from the news in the last couple decades. One was Peyton Gendron, he was no. arrested for shooting 10 black people at the Tops Friendly Market in Buffalo in May. That's in recent, okay. And uh, he answered uh, some questions and that uh, are you a Christian? And according to Gendron, the uh, has he found guilty yet? I mean, I think it's pretty. I think he's pretty guilty. What difference does it make? <laughs> I won't bother saying alleged for him. Are you a Christian? No. I do not ask God for salvation by faith, nor do I confess my sins to him. I personally believe there is no afterlife. I do, however, believe in pract- and practice many Christian values. And he Shooting people? He believes his affiliation is complex and that Christian... Values are a significant component of white culture. Remember, he is the person that shot the black people. Yes. So there is a, a thread going through some of the white supremacies and the, the racist um, organizations that view, like, you can, you can look at a person, and generally, if they're uh, pale skin, you would say they're white. But they're now associating cultural Christianism with being white. And we go on, and then... But there are lots of... I mean, so most Hispanics I know are Christian. Um, certainly many, many, many blacks are Christian. Probably a large, the largest percentage of blacks in, in America are Christian. A couple more examples, and okay. we delve deeper in here. Brenton Tarrant, who killed the 51 Muslims in New Zealand in 2019, and Anders Breivik, who killed 77 people mostly teenagers in Norway in 2011. But those numbers are a lot bigger in those foreign countries where they don't have guns. Both men also define themselves as unbelievers, but cultural Christians acting to defend the faith against secular and infidel foes. Okay. In its manifesto, Breivik told his followers that, quote, don't need to have a personal relationship with God or Jesus to fight for our Christian cultural heritage. And if you do any uh, looking at some of the Christian nationalist movements, you do find, wow, these are these don't seem like very 
Christ-like things they want to do. Certainly not. No. So it's basically those are three people are examples of Christians who kill on behalf of a faith whose tenets they don't believe in. Yeah, that sounds right. Yes. It's it's weird and confusing, but okay. And also, when you look at some of the, the uh, intellectual stimulation for these people or motivation or, or uh, interest, you find that the, the, the right and these cultural Christians in particular are worried about declining white fertility rates. Rates. So why don't they have kids instead of shooting up a, a church or whatever? Well, I guess just reducing the odds or something. Uh, mass immigration from the global south. And by the way, um, it's not like American blacks are having kids at such a rate that they're somehow going to outbreed whites in America. I mean, if you're really concerned with whites diminishing in America, blacks wouldn't be your problem. It would be Hispanics. Or, um, you know, I don't know, as, as, as I understand it, actually, if you just sort of look at the as people move here and how many kids they have and that sort of thing, the really the only hope, period, for population growth inside of America um, are the Amish. And you know, you're talking about of white. No, no, period, period. That the Amish are actually oh, well, I growing. Think, I think when you look at immigrants, the first generation uh, has a bigger family. Usually, and they bring it the, with them. By the third generation, they're down they, to. Yeah, you know, they've, they've, they they can't even figure out which bathroom to use. Yeah, well, they, absolutely. They, they've gotten to the point that they've uh, achieved a certain level of material wealth, <laughs> right, they, and they're like the other people in America, narcissists that wanted want it for themselves. Which right, takes I need my years. own individual bathroom. All right, well, let me. Let me uh, okay, and they're also concerned about the weakening hegemony of cultural Christianity in the West and the demographic change, etc. So. Uh, I don't know if you want to spend any time on that or go right to Peter Thiel. No, no, I, I do want to spend a little time on that. So, I mean, on on one hand, I understand sort of liking the Christian religion more than you like the uh, Muslim religion. I get it. Um, and maybe that's what they feel like they're up against. I don't know why they're killing blacks. And I have seen some quotes in here about how much the white race has done for Christianity. Okay. But but it's but it's it didn't a Semitic start with white people, right? It's a Semitic religion, and um, you know, not white. So I mean, if you want a white religion, you're going to have to go with Ashatru, Odinism, um, you know, tree worship, or a variety of other silly stuff. Yes. Well, that is the new synthesis that's coming between the white supremacist movement and Christian nationalism, and just craziness. But, you know, and we happen to be, I don't know if you knew this or not, uh, Washington Post did an article that the height, the, the, the cultural center of craziness, right-wing craziness, is Sarasota, Florida. and Sarasota, Florida. Yes. Is the cultural center of, white, of right-wing craziness? Yes. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, I, I've been seeing it here as a long time as a native of this area, and, and for yep. year, for the last few years, I've seen it. Firsthand. And I got to congratulate you just before we go on any further. It's been two and a half hours for you to finally say you're a native, because you know this this is what happens when uh, natives get well, together. No, you, you, this, they immediately begin uh, comparing how long their families have been in the area and things like this. this is what happens well, when you're it, from Florida. I, I have uh, enough time to see this place become. I mean, I grew up. 
when the governor came down to stop desegregation in our schools. So I've seen some right-wing craziness. But it is really crazy these last few years. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Talk to me, Mark. And Henry. Right. That's right. 603-283-6160. Checking the phone lines. No one's in there, Henry. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, you know. I know I know you want calls. Um, I generally, you know, am just happy to talk about stories. Sarah made my night. I'm glad. Yeah. What was that? What did you, what'd you she like She seemed like her? a nice person. She is very nice. She does, doesn't like injustice. What I like about Sarah is she always has a different topic. You know, she doesn't pound the same thing over and over again. She can take critique without, uh, you know, coming unglued. Eh, she's a good caller as far as I'm concerned. Um, and not to dismiss Bad Slave either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad Slave earlier who called in. Yeah. And you can so, call in too at 603-283-6160. So I have, I've got a lot of stuff here about the philosophy of Christian nationalism. Something, but, but we touched on something about the craziness, that, that we are the cultural center of right-wing craziness. and Here in Sarasota, Florida. And Manatee County. Yeah. Uh, and I, I got a few examples. You know, Michael Flynn. He was General Michael Flynn. Yep. He and his brother moved here. Okay. The, after the election, and they bought a couple houses. His brother has been doing lectures at churches. Funny how that ties into sort of what we were talking about, about the um, the different concerns that Mike Flynn has. And uh, Mike Flynn has also, now that it's home base here, he's also um, embraced the QAnon theorists and has had QAnon merchandise based on that uh, for sale. We have Patrick. I would have thought that QAnon was pretty much had uh, jumped the shark with the. Uh, well, you got capital. new groups too coming, but I mean, we're only talking the last two years. I mean, I've seen that on on cars and people flying flags for QAnon in this town, and then we have Patrick Byrne, who is the founder of Overstock, who oh, used to be him. the the darling of blockchain and Bitcoin. Yes, yeah, I know. But he bought seven houses here. And he's been moving people in for whatever he does now. Uh, you know, he had that fling with a Russian agent or so. Yeah. I don't think she was a real, real Russian agent, but a Russian wannabe agent. Okay. Or wannabe Russian influencer that <laughs> used to go to the NRA and things like that. But he's here now. Uh, Roger Stone comes here frequently. Uh, I think it's called Getter, the, um, the right-wing social media Okay. Uh, either that or Rumble, I forget which one, has come to make Longboat Key, uh, which is adjacent to Sarasota, their corporate headquarters. And they, What a terrible place to put a corporate headquarters. Longboat uh, Key? Unless you just got it into your house. Um, I mean, like, that place is well, a they were going parking to get lot four months out of the year. They were going to get an $800,000 subsidy from the Republican County Commission of Sarasota County to incentivize them to come here, but after people, even even in the conservative as opposed to the real right wing, uh, mm-hmm. heard about it, they um, they decided to withdraw the incentives. But they're still here anyway. I have seen flags flown for three percenters 
here? Well, I've certainly seen that, but I've seen flag three percenter flags all over America. Uh, well, yes, but you, I'm talking about the concentration here. Okay. Uh, I just don't see it, I, but, you know, that's fine. Right. I've, uh, in it's my not own, happening where I live or uh, where my mother lives. In my own co-op, uh, resident-owned place, you're allowed to fly flags. The guy's flying a V-Dare, the, the right-wing white supremacist from Europe flags there. This is a crazy place now. <laughs> okay. So... I only can take your word for it. So this philosophy of Christian nationalism, um, I guess it's sort of like the, it, you know, the, the, the equation here is, is uh, to me, what I hear is, is that I, um, I hear that Christians, Christian and nationalism shouldn't go together, although it does in America. Um, I just hear the term nationalism and the term Christian, and to me what I think of is, is your only nation is heaven and your only sovereign is God. If you're a Christian. So the idea of um, and many Christians, um, they come Jehovah's Witnesses come to mind. Mennonites come to mind. A variety of them simply don't even vote. Exactly the point. If you're not if you don't feel that way, but you're using your white Christian culturism to build a movement. Well, then you can do whatever you want to the people who are the other. And there, there, um, a lot of them, if they get this far into it, uh, there is a, a philosopher named Spengler, and he lived into the 30s. And one of his points of view was that the white identity, that the well, well this isn't his direct quote. This is somewhere. Uh, is this the guy that influenced uh, Teddy Roosevelt, or no? Uh, I don't know. Okay, uh, that the post liberals wish to defend. So post liberals is another name for these people that. They're not the neoconservatives. They're not the neoliberals. They're post-liberals. Uh, they have a relation, uneasy relationship with Christianity. They say that Christianity has been an essential formative influence of European civilization. And Spengler regarded Christianity as the finest creation of the European soul. So creation of the European yes, soul. The idea you can take ideas, and if you don't know the background, and in this case, if you don't even know where Christianity originated, you can pretty much say whatever you want, which will get us to Peter Thiel, <laughs> the the billionaire, in a second. Spengler regarded a billionaire. A, a, yes. Okay. Yeah, the guy that founded PayPal. I'm just trying to make sure that we understand. Spengler that. regarded Christianity as I said, the European soul. Anyway, we're, we're going to get down a real rabbit hole if we try this. But take that example of being able to say something as though it's fact and build a movement around it. Okay. Because Peter Thiel is talking about that in a separate article here. And as I – there I go. Uh, if I had an – this is his words now. He's talking about the British Empire and what all the good things it did for Christianity. If you had an expansive view and you were going to make disciples of all nations and send missionaries to the world, somehow that project no longer made sense, and this would somehow also lead to your collapse. So because they quit spreading Christianity around the world, it all collapsed, according to Peter Thiel, the billionaire. I would have thought considered like the Spanish Empire to be more uh, proactive in spreading. Well, the, yes, that, that was, but... The British are more white, and they did it better. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I, I suppose you could make um, that point. And then Peter Thiel is saying that America has abandoned its mission of imperial evangelism. 
so imperial evangelism. I don't know exactly even what that terminology means. Well, that's because you don't need to know what it means. Peter Thiel knows what it means, and he's the one funding J.D. Vance's Senate campaign and another Senate campaign. I think in uh, I forget. I don't want to say if I make mistake, but he's he's pouring hundreds of millions of dollars to get these ideas in the center of our political system. Um, what are the ideas? Well, failing a mastery revival of Christianity, which he wants, uh, Thiel thinks we should pull to restart some kind of future. Zoning laws and the FDA. What? Yes. This one. This doesn't uh, sound libertarian at all. This is my point that that you can be a billionaire, you can make a ton of money, you can change how people pay for anything, and you're still crazy as a fruitcake. (laughs) And we have to live with you. All right, so um, I, I I don't know what uh, what zoning laws have to do with it. Oh, uh, you don't FDA. want me to go down that route? Yes, I do. All right, well, I got it here. <sighs> One of the big issues is housing, according to him, uh-huh. which he notes is linked to family formation. Okay, because that's a Christian value, a white Christian value. I'm I'm in. And he suggests another field in which scarcity and resource competition is fanning the flames of political derangement because we don't have enough affordable housing. We need different zoning. Real estate, quote, real estate prices doubled and people got a lot crazier. Uh-huh. Fixing this would be a good route into addressing our sclerosis, our cultural sclerosis. So all it sounds like he wants to do is make it so that more than one family can live in a house. That sounds great. It's not pure technology. You'd think it would be easy to change zoning laws, but it's an extremely hard practice. And it's all because of those people that started Christianity with their social... In- I, I'm, I, I'm not sure how that relates. I do. I'll send you my research. But I would agree that uh, the zoning laws make it, you know, fundamentally, if you can't decide what you're going to do with your property, it's not your property. It's managing counts. The number, 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. talking about this uh, Christian nationalism here on the air, and I was just talking to Henry about it on the, off the air, and I think it's worth uh, you know taking it a little farther, is, is would you say that the, um, that the that America is more culturally and ethnically divided now than it was when, say, I was a kid? When were you a kid? Well, I know that when you were the, a kid, the eighties, uh, the eighties, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it is right. And At least you you weren't. If you were racist and uh, tribal about that kind of stuff, it wasn't fashionable to say so outside. But I saw a Facebook post. Uh, one of my high school classmates put up, which was class of '75, and the, the it was a picture of a news, the Nate local newspaper, and they these two young ladies were part of something, and it was a, you know, something good. Yep. And then and, uh, next to it, in the next column, was an event that was happening 
that the head of the Citizens Council was going to be, the National Citizens Council was going to be speaking to a group of businessmen in Bradenton here. Well, for people who don't know the Citizens Council, they used to be called the White Citizens Councils, <laughs> and they they were organized um, for for the business people, and it was to keep the cohesion and the the uh, the segregation of the business community uh, there. And so that was that was just five years before the eighties. So it was still very prevalent, uh, but. Um, I tell you the, the the one thing that sticks out in my mind now when, since you brought that up, 1976 was when Jimmy Carter was elected president. Yep, and it was a big deal because he was the new South. He was the the Southern governor that was um, you know going to fuse the the old Democratic Party with a new Democratic Party and have all these new. Plus, he was adopting what were con- same Democrats, less racism <laughs> with with with, con- with conservative you know uh, smaller government the. Uh, Less regulation type thing. Yep. Uh, something for everybody. But what what struck me is a, a quote from a, a New Times magazine that did a big feature on him before he ever really got popular was a banker from Atlanta. Because he had Coca-Cola behind him, and yep. you know, that was big in Atlanta, and he had a lot. And so this was 1975 that the article would be from. And this banker that was important in Atlanta said, I used to be for segregation. Now I'm for growth. There's no value there as far as egalitarianism, equality of races. I can make more money if we let this group of people work where we work. Isn't that what W.E.B. Du Bois, or Du Bois, um, however you want to pronounce it, um, was proposing? Is is that um, for blacks to be equal, they had to bring... Uh, business and uh, prosperity to everybody. I think that uh, you know that all uh, all this gentleman was saying uh, was uh, you know backing up what uh, the original human rights activists were were talking about, or you know these earlier. Uh, I don't think that he was thinking about. Dubois. Oh, I don't suspect he was. No, he was thinking about. There's more money to be made, indeed, by expanding the the work. Uh, the group of working people that are making, generating wealth for the people at the top, then by keeping them sharecropping and in a, a confined area in a part of the town. Sure. And, uh, well, they weren't, weren't going to be successful at it anyway. But, um, you know, this wasn't this the idea of women being in the workplace, too? Is this now we got twice as many people working? Um, you know, well, that, that's a, a longer process and you go back into the suffragette movement and, I understand. Uh, and World War II and stuff like that. I think or, that people should be able to do what they want so long as they don't harm other people. So I'm for it, but I'm just... Uh, well, I'll it. tell you of my foolish optimism in the 80s uh-huh. is that I thought we were on a path where we, again, having grown up in a segregated society and being in the center of Manatee County, again, was the center of the universe for a week and a half when the, all three major television networks were here in town while the, our Florida governor, Claude Kirk, was keeping the schools from desegregating. But when that passed and it seemed like progress was being made, I was thinking, well, I saw how it was and I see how it is now and it's a whole lot better, I think, for everybody concerned. I thought we would continue that trend and that the diversity of the United States would be the strength of the United States. Don't you think that things are 
better, like significantly better for, um, you know, ethnic minorities now than they ever were I before. I did, but in the last... Um, but there's just a lot of complaining about, you know, whatever this stuff is around no, the edges. In the last 10 or 15 years, okay. I've, and especially the last few years, I've going back to the White Citizens Council. Okay. And Ian was on my show, and he I once said that uh, he didn't feel there needed to be laws... To prevent discrimination against people, right? And I used uh, the example of the the growing up and how uh, the black community was treated. And he said, "Well, why would you want to live where you're treated like that?" And he didn't entertain the idea. Sorry to put words in Ian's mind here, but he didn't entertain the idea that you didn't have a choice; you couldn't leave. Well, the blacks moved all over America, but in you the early couldn't 1900s. leave as a, a, a the the power of violence was inherent in the local sheriff. So if you could leave, that was a decision made by the local sheriff. On the third march in Selma, my dad used to travel the south to paper mills, as you you sort of know that. And he he knew one county, and he went up on a hill because he said, "I know that sheriff. He's not going to let the black people out of the county." And he blockaded the bridge so that every black person in that county could not. Join the march in Selma. If you have control of the, the the means of violence, you can do those things, and that's the now we're seeing that recongregate. We're seeing that in uh, with the Proud Boys that get in front of houses of, of Republican school board members and demonstrate and and disturb the whole neighborhood and intimidate them. Leftists are in front of people's houses, too, um, as are libertarians. Leftists are going in front of uh, politicians' houses and demonstrating, too, as are libertarians. Um, it's been going on in New Hampshire for a long time. Right. Yeah. So, But I mean, these are—this is from your own group getting in front—this is what I'm saying this about is the— the problem with democracy generally, No, right? I'm talking about physical intimidation. Okay. And you're talking. But isn't that what voting is, right? Like voting is supposed to take the place of people using violence. It's supposed to be the stand-in. So obviously, yeah. And it's I'm about seeing force. it reestablish itself. I'm seeing the things like the Citizens Council. Like, oh, I, I'd say uh, in the context of the conversation with Ian. Oh, well, I'm a local business owner. I will, uh, I will sell to anybody I want. No, because the bank pulls your loan. Right. The, there is an infrastructure and an organization that I can see being formed. And it's not a conspiracy. You don't need a conspiracy when you have people just working in their common self-interest in a nefarious way. Well, I don't see the, uh, the whatever it is being formed, but it may be. And, and what I would say is, is if you, in my lifetime, in my experience, um, I haven't seen a lot of whites saying, hey, um, I'm upset with the social order and I want to see this group or that group um, in some way uh, diminished. What I've seen is is um, whites vilified. And when you vilify a group, expect them to uh, form together to create sort of cohesion in order to fight back. I mean, that's the way it's going to go. What I see is, is segregation happening on other sides, like you'll have the um, Hispanic Student Council, you'll have the, the the black student dance, you'll have a variety of things where now you're saying that whites aren't invited as opposed to um, them being excluded. Now they're doing the excluding. 
And this is a disturbing trend too. Sure. You know, like I would like to see these. I would like to see (laughs) Spanish be a mandated course from grammar school on. I, I think, would think that would build the strength of America and also make us an economic power. I disagree. So uh, I speak Spanish um, nearly fluently, and I think that it's a good idea to learn it so that you can l- learn other things. But yeah, the fact is, is, is that mandated. English is the national is the international language, and speaking but, it and speaking it well for for God's sake, um, speaking it with some kind of acumen would be far better than um, you know using a language which everybody is trying to. Learn English. I'm from. talking for the purpose of business. In this hemisphere, unlike the other hemisphere, the Eastern Hemisphere, where multiple languages are, we have a consolidated economic base. Thank you for your time. Check out uh, freetalklive.com. In the meantime, Henry Rains, thank you for your time on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Thanks for having me. <laughs> 